Hi, I'm Rui Branco. Welcome to Talking Usework, a podcast brought to you by the Future Labs Project. Talking Usework is a series of 15 podcast interviews to usework experts and practitioners that have a say when it comes to innovation in usework, either because they are using creative methods to empower young people, researching on use trends, or responsible for use policies at international level. Like a shot of inspiration, all of our guests have a unique point of view about how can use workers shake up, upgrade, and innovate on their daily work. Hi, and welcome. If it's the first time you're listening to this podcast, my name is Anita. I'm a Portuguese youth worker and trainer, and together with Rui, which is also a podcaster, we are developing this project where we try to talk with different stakeholders about innovation in youth work. Today, we were talking with Claudius Siebel. He is now the policy coordinator of the German National Agency of the Erasmus Plus program. And just until we are very recently, he was also part of the team of Key Action 2. Now, Key Action 2 is a funding line that supports innovation projects in youth work. And it's been going on now for five years. So there was this big conference in Berlin called Key Action 2 Now, where different project holders and different stakeholders were in the same place discussing this key action, but also discussing innovation youth work in general. We had a very nice conversation about what are the challenges for youth workers to innovate? What are the challenges for a national agency to support innovation and to assess innovation, to evaluate what is innovative and what's not? I think it can be a very interesting reflection for you as well. So with no further ado, let's talk youth work. Hi, Claudius. Hi, Anita. <laughs> and I, Rui. Hi, Claudius. I have to say hi, Claudius, also. Yes, we have to say hi to everyone. Yeah. Hi, although, <laughs> although we've been here now since yesterday, um, today we are at the end of the first day of the conference, Key Action 2 Now. Already seems like a week. <laughs> intense day. It was an intense Absolutely, day. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. What was your take on, on the speeches in this morning? I mean, we had uh, Yadranka from the European Commission uh, presenting a bit the future and the present, let's say, of Key Action mm. 2. And then we had Martin from Belgium talking about youth trends. What inspired you this morning? I don't know if, if uh, it really inspired me, but what was uh, positive and interesting for me was that uh, apparently the European Commission is quite also convinced uh, by Key Action 2. Um, before we thought a bit that we have to convince the Commission uh, about Key Action 2 with this conference, and, and apparently they are already quite, quite convinced, and um, and apparently we we uh, we can go on with Key Action 2 also in the new program generation. So that was uh, a good inspiration for me. And uh, the input of Martin uh, was. Uh, in fact, inspiring. Um, I mean, thousands of uh, innovative and inspiring pictures, uh, <laughs> trends and developments in, in new subcultures and, and so on and so on. Sometimes I was a bit overwhelmed even. <laughs> Me too. Um, but I think he really put uh, the right questions that are crucial also for youth work. So what, right. what youth work should 
question uh, itself constantly when developing further and also uh, in order to be innovative, in order to, in order to, 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 to do good use work for, for young people. Um, and, and I think this, um, this input of Martin, um, even though it was a bit uh, too much uh, <laughs> with pictures, um, this was inspiring because uh, it was disturbing. Yeah. And yeah, uh, to exactly. disturb means provoking. Yeah. yeah, and to disturb means uh, to learn, yeah. or to be disturbed means yeah. to learn. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think, a very good yeah. conclusion as well. Yeah. 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 Irritation is one of the <laughs> yeah. uh, key words for learning processes. Yeah, it's, uh, education is the art of frustration, yeah, right? Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> I think be, it be, being confronted with not knowing. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's how I felt yeah, during the presentation. Brings you further yeah. if you are irritated yeah. because you start to think yeah. and to reflect. Why? Mm. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. So um, one of the reasons uh, why we are here in Berlin today on this conference about Key Action 2 is because uh, in, until 2018, you were Key Action 2 officer in the German National Agency for Erasmus+, right? Right, For, for yes. how long were you an officer there? I have been working only approximately two years for Key Action 2. <laughs> only. <laughs> but that was definitely enough to be totally convinced <laughs> uh, of this action, really. It's a powerful action, right? It is powerful. And uh, after, after only one day of this conference, <laughs> I'm even more convinced, I can tell you, really. <laughs> <laughs> we, just to tell our listeners, we are here and at, at this very moment, um, there's an activity going on, which is a project market. And we have around 60... Uh, key action to projects presenting their process and their ideas and their results and it is quite impressive right and there's so much quality up there uh, so also that overwhelmed me in a, in a way it's really interesting stuff going on yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean you, you definitely you cannot even try to uh, visit and, and understand them all but I have uh, I have uh, in the last two and a half hours I have talked with uh, I think eight projects mm. And that was a good uh, representative, uh, so to sample. say, sample. <laughs> and 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 I'm I'm super satisfied and super convinced of the potential of of this format. Mm. And uh, I'm also super positively surprised of by the diversity of of different approaches. Yeah, uh, there the are projects here about bees, about technology, about table games, about language, mentor training, yeah, yeah, yeah. all kinds of stuff. VR bullies, <laughs> virtual reality. One thing that also inspired me was the curiosity between the projects. People asking different questions, being interested in other people's projects and right. creating relationships. Yeah, that's really good vibes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, I have never experienced, really, to be honest, I've never experienced such a huge commitment of people going around and being really interested in what the others are doing. Mm. And, and and really wanting to learn and to grab uh, the the other experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Absolutely. true. It's true. Yeah. But maybe some of our listeners actually don't know what we're talking about in terms of key action too, because of course there's mm. a minority in Europe of, of youth workers that apply for this funding line. Let's say. So can you explain mm. a little bit to those who are not mm. uh, inside the Erasmus Plus world what it is? Yeah. Um, and in fact, it's it's something still quite new. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a new funding format uh, since 2014. Uh, has been introduced into the program since 2014. And it's for the first time in the youth field a format to fund and to support uh, long-time 
projects and also with uh, quite a huge amount of money. Um, uh, and the aim is indeed to uh, have projects that strive for innovations mm. and projects that also really strive to have an impact, a systemic impact on the youth work system in Europe and in the um, participating countries. And this is really something new. Uh, and of course, this was also for the network of national agencies quite a huge challenge to introduce such a new format. Because all the years before, we were more or, le more or less funding only rather small-scale projects uh, with a mobility character. And here, the new character is really the aspect of peer learning. Mm. So we will, I mean, the project within Key Action 2, they are called strategic partnerships. And um, this is, I think, this is a good title. It is about creating long-lasting strategic corporations, partnerships between uh, beneficiaries in order to come up with new approaches for youth work. This, this is it. Yeah, and, and from what, from your practice, for, from your um, work, looking at these projects, assessing them, seeing them being implemented, what were youth workers trying to innovate on? I mean, at what levels were these projects trying to innovate? Was it more at methodological levels, looking for new tools? Was it new channels of dissemination, new ways to reach young people? Is there a pattern on what kind of uh, types of innovation were being proposed? Mm. I mean, we, we, we have already talked about the, the huge diversity mm. that is yeah. here. And I would say that there's no, uh, the one and only pattern. Uh, I think it's really, the beneficiaries really try to reach innovation in, in all kinds of different fields. Mm. So it's about coming up with uh, a new methodology, with mm. new workshops, new curricula, it's about a lot, of course, about creating new virtual tools, uh -huh, websites, okay. virtual platforms. Um, uh, then the question of inclusion, so how to reach new target groups is quite often uh, a pattern and a, and a topic. Uh, recognition of non-formal learning. Mm -hmm. So how can we make more visible the learning effects of non-formal learning, of, of youth work activities? This is, uh, of course, also um, uh, an important topic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, but, but that that are uh, the topics that came to in, into my mind, and the topics and tools and instruments that okay. are developed. Okay. But the diversity is really tremendous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And are they more um, projects that focus more on local issues, on smaller regional um, communities, or? did they have an, an international scope? I know they have to be somehow international, mm, yeah. but in practice, were they actually going for reaching an European audience, let's say, or were they more into niches? That's a good question. Um, I think here yeah, I would also say uh, it is both. Mm -hmm. um, very often, and that's also, I think, a typical setting for Key Action 2, we have a cooperation of different partners, who bring together the experience, mm -hmm. but uh, then they are um, then they are applying or implementing the new developed approaches on mm -hmm. local level. Okay, and that is a typical setting, I would say. So to bring together European experiences mm -hmm. from different perspectives, but uh, 
finally, I mean, in order to, to implement it and to further develop something on local level. And right. that, is, that is perfect if it's like this. Yeah. And that, that also shows, I would say, the added value of, of this whole uh, format and of this whole European cooperation thing. Yes, because it, it is taking the experience from other yeah. local communities, yeah, exactly. actually. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. so other partners yeah. that have maybe experience on a, on mm. a certain field yeah, that have yeah, yeah. An, an expertise yeah, yeah. and then trying it out at your own, at your home, right? Yeah. At, at your own neighborhood. But there are also examples where um, during a project something is developed which applies for the national level. So right. really a new platform that is also with a lot of uh, associated uh, partners on mm. the national level, where the aim is really to implement it uh, at the end on national level, mm -hmm. uh, even with official support by, I don't know, uh, national bodies or organizations, uh, etc. Yeah. Okay. And for, for you as an <coughs> NA officer, looking at these projects, having to assess them, and, and we, we know that... Uh, there only a few get get approved. Uh, what challenges were there for you? I mean, I can imagine it's not easy neither to select them, neither to assess them afterwards. What were mm. the challenges you faced there as, as a national agency? I would explicitly like to name uh, or to mention uh, one aspect, uh, and this aspect is for me also linked to this innovation thing. Mm. So how can we assess uh, if a project is innovative? I mean, I'm, okay, I'm working since 20 years in the field. I, but, but, but nevertheless, I'm not an expert in mm -hmm. use work. I'm not an expert in use work. So how can I assess <laughs> that uh, this project is innovative or not? Uh, and this is a point that we are strongly demanding from beneficiaries. And to be honest, this is something that beneficiaries are not very often good in. Mm. Uh, it is the fact to really come up in the application with a good needs analysis. Right. So um, we would uh, expect from beneficiaries that they explain us, since we are maybe not the experts, since mm. that they explain us very um, precisely the need uh, for a project, that this brings something new. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, and this, this was from the very, very beginning one of the challenges. And still, also, and still also an element where we very often have to say, this is weak. This is weak and this is not enough for getting uh, support from us. Okay. And that's interesting because it links with the conversation we were having this morning with Martin uh, about the trends in young people. Martin, at the, in his speech, he was saying, he said it several times, that the challenge for youth workers, it is to connect with the youngsters, to understand their culture, to understand what are their needs, yeah. what are the channels that they are using, and, um, and and it's about this, right? It's about being mm. able to be connected with your target group in several ways, in serious ways, mm. through research, but also in a relational way, right? To, to know mm. them and to understand their pains, yeah. let's say. It's, yeah. not, it's not usually the first layer to really assess the needs that are underneath, because when people say, oh, oh I, I need more money. Mm -hmm. Why do you need more money? Maybe you need more money, but there's a bigger need that and demands the money. Exactly, exactly. So people have to go the second layer, the third layer, and people usually, they feel it, but usually they don't know how to explain it. That's mm -hmm. why it's difficult for them sometimes to right. uh, explain what are the real needs that they want to meet. Mm, that could be. Yeah, and, and sometimes, or even 
quite often I have the impression that beneficiaries are coming up with projects that are mainly reproducing the things that they are anyhow doing since years and years because they are, they, are in their, they are in their bubble, Yes, they yeah. are in their usual work and that's not, I would call this not very innovative. Not very uh, I mean, it can It can nevertheless bring good results mm. and to be honest I think that we are supporting also a lot of projects that are not super innovative, they are doing good quality projects with good results. Mm. Uh, but they are not really um, leaving their usual track of thinking and of, of working. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, people are afraid of the new. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And I think also, actually, it, this happens to youth workers, but it ha happens to anybody in any field that um, we, we have our own take on reality. We have our own Uh, prejudices and impressions and opinions and um, knowledge as well about the young people in this case that we work with. And it's very easy for us to be sitting in our desks and thinking, oh, I just had a great idea. And many times, uh, like in other fields, we go with this idea and we think, I had this idea, this is going to be amazing. This is exactly what we are, what the field is missing, you know, a website, a platform, something else. And You need to test that. Your vision might be a very interesting vision, but like in any kinds of innovation, visions and ideas need to be tested and fine-tuned because maybe you're missing out a lot of the picture. You know, you saw a piece of the puzzle, you might have be onto something, but sometimes you need to go with that idea and test it. Like, would you guys use a website for, I don't know, for this or that? And many times the answer is no. Mm. I don't want to do that in a website. I want to do that in person or... So I think a lot of innovation solutions, innovative solutions fail, not because they're bad ideas, but because they, they weren't fine-tuned with the users, with the people that actually yeah. gonna, uh, yeah, it, it's the needs benefit because, from them. Because there's an entrepreneur that I listened once that whenever he has an idea, he asks five times why. Yeah. And he gets to another layer and another layer. And if he doesn't have another, another answer, He doesn't have a thing. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 yeah. And this is, again, what I uh, just said, uh, the needs analysis. Yeah. So to really deeply, deeply grab into the why. Why do we need this project? Yeah. To validate uh, that solution, yeah, that validate, specific yeah, solution. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and because we've always done it is not an answer. So, I mean, we're talking about innovation In, in key action two uh, projects, but I, I think it, it throws, throws us to the idea of the whole youth work sector, no? the, to the challenges that um, the youth work uh, sector also faces, stuff like how do we assess innovation, how do we uh, find more time and maybe more spaces where we can test our ideas or listen to our target groups. So. I, What's your take on that? Do you think that, that youth workers and youth organizations, that they are able to innovate, that they have this potential to innovate, or is, is it more that they, they are more, I don't know, um, that the, the setting itself, the landscape of youth work is more designed actually to repeat old practices and people keep doing, how, how do you see that? I think youth work has one huge and big advantage they are normally quite good connected to young people. Yeah. So they should be the ones really to, uh, to identify the needs and then to come up with new ideas. Uh, however, 
uh, we know that uh, in many countries youth work is really in a bad shape, in mm. a bad conditions. And uh, therefore I would say that uh, of course youth work needs um, um, a better framework, mm. which is resources, money, um, I don't know, facilities, uh, stuff, etc., uh, in order to be um, to be modern, up to date, innovative. I mean, you cannot be innovative if you don't have the means Absolutely. to uh, to really change things. Uh, a, a simple and good needs analysis. Uh, takes time, takes, takes time expertise, and, uh, takes, takes resources, money, uh, effort. Yeah. <laughs> so these are the two, hmm. uh, maybe a bit contradictory poles I see. Yeah, the field is mm. also underfunded, yeah, yeah. not just by Erasmus+. Yeah, Plus. I yeah, mean, that yeah. is what we mean nationally. In a certain aspect, I would maybe like to mention, um, uh, I like to work in the field because uh, there are many, many, many nice people <laughs> and also open-minded people, mm. etc., but nevertheless, we should talk about uh, the uh, qualification of youth workers. And in many, many countries, there's, there's even no explicit training and education for youth workers. Uh, and also maybe the, uh, the content of the uh, education at universities and uh, vocational training, vocational et etc. Et is uh, also maybe not up to date. Um, for example, uh, to mention, uh, for example, the, um, the intercultural competences or competences for diversity uh, mm -hmm. learning and so on. This is what I know uh, relatively good because uh, this is our field of expertise uh, mm. um, within Erasmus Plus to promote mobility. And I see in many, many countries a huge lack of, of competences to organize international activities because this is absolutely not part of the of the education for social workers, let's say, in Germany, for example. Yeah. Uh, for me, as an outsider of the youth work, coming to, to the, the, the youth work via podcast, I think it lacks a lot of strategic thinking. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that I also find is that people are doing their best, like I've heard, youth workers are heroes, but they're in crisis mode. And you cannot be innovative mm -hmm. if you're in panic mode and crisis mode. You're solving crisis. You cannot be a strategic thinking, thinking person when you're do, doing acting like that because you don't have any funding, you don't think strategic, you're handling a crisis, yeah. a crisis of the young people and you have to deal with it. Even if you don't have the competencies needed, yeah, you have exactly. to deal with it. Exactly, yeah. and in Germany, for example, um, we have really a little bit a uh, demographical trap. So uh, apparently, uh, in, in open youth work, so in youth centers and youth clubs, uh, the staff working there is uh, rather over fifty, uh, and um, five zero. Five zero, <laughs> okay. yeah, and okay. it's not. Um, Oh, of course, you can be innovative being 50, uh, as you can see with me. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you sure can. You sure no, can. but um, um, uh, normally it's it's maybe rather a thing for young people. So we we, uh, we need also uh, fresh blood mm -hmm. <laughs> for youth work, definitely. Uh, young people coming from universities and uh, being open for uh, new solutions and new approaches. Yeah. yeah. I think training is it's 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 about competence development, and actually we are 
requiring a lot from youth workers that they are able uh, to react very fast to situations like you were saying, Ahoy, to deal with situations, uh, humanitarian situations mm-hmm. that are complicated, um, kids with, with consumptions in drugs, refugees coming into a new country, migrations, Fighting. bullings, etc., mm-hmm. which are complex issues that require a lot of expertise. And yet, uh, in a lot of countries, there's no training. And yeah. these people yeah. do this work with no training. And then we are discussing here, are they innovative enough? I feel bad now. <laughs> Sorry, guys, uh, all the listeners out there. Uh, I won't say this again. <laughs> yeah, no. but I mean here... Uh, I think uh, a lot uh, of them are already very innovative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and a lot of projects here, they are trying to contribute to yeah. this lack <laughs> yeah. that we, we, we just mentioned. Uh, so lack of uh, competence development, mm. uh, lack of, of uh, good training opportunities, and so on and so on. Mm. This is, again, an, an argument for key action, too. Very good. <laughs> well, let's talk a bit about the future of, of not just key action, too, but also innovation in youth work. Um, you are now policy coordinator of the National Agency, very recently, at least. Yeah. Um, do you think that innovation in youth work, that this idea that we should create ecosystems that allow youth workers to come up with the solutions that, that young people also need or to co-create them with young people. Do you think this will ever be a priority at political level? It is. I think it is, yeah. Okay. I mean, um, yeah, I have to differentiate. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I see a little bit a gap between a very positive European debate on youth work. Okay. Um, so in the last years we can really... Um, observe that uh, the topic of youth work, youth work development, quality development in youth work is on uh, relatively high uh, uh, on the agenda uh, on European level, which unfortunately does not mean that it is also on uh, high on the agenda in the member states. Mm -hmm. Um, But but this applies also for other policy fields that there's sometimes a little bit a gap between European policy and European policy documents and what is then implemented on, on member state level. Um, but we can also see that if we have a debate on European level, that definitely stimulates uh, the debate in member states. It depends mm-hmm. a little bit uh, which member state. <laughs> it is, for example, unfortunately, much more difficult to influence Germany <laughs> from European level than to influence uh, maybe in smaller countries. Mm-hmm. Um, that, for example, don't have such a tradition of in-use work like Germany. That's, okay. that's, that's, that's the case, of course. Yeah, but I think um, we should follow on European level this additional, so to say, policy approach to, to debate about use work, to come up with common strategies. Uh, you know that currently a European use work agenda mm-hmm. is under construction, so to say. And I think that will definitely uh, uh, help and strengthen uh, youth work development in Europe uh, as such. Great. Okay. So that's a hopeful message. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Very well. Though before we finish, yeah. we have this tradition yeah. that our last guest Mm. leaves a question for the next guest. And then you are entitled to revenge on somebody else that you don't know who it is right now. And the last guest we had was Joachim Arnoy, a youth worker from Norway, who actually uses remembrance 
a topic that I know you would like a lot. Uh, he works in a museum. A war museum. A war museum, yeah. And uh, uh, educating young people about war and about mm. how past wars can mm. teach us a lot about and, new patterns and things that are happening. And recognizing mm. the factors that were the, the causes the of triggers. the war. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. The question he left for you, here it goes, are you ready? <laughs> Was, is there a way to help young people connect to their local communities in an ever more global world. Mm -hmm. So in, in, in an age of connectiveness, where it, kids are connected through their mm -hmm. mobiles and stuff everywhere, uh, is it still possible to connect them to the local communities? Mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry for this Norwegian, Norwegian colleague, but for me the, the question is a bit contradictory because I think uh, my observation is rather that uh, young people, they are connected to the local reality. And I see rather the challenge how to connect them to the to the European or global uh, community, okay, or yes. to have an, to have a feeling of being part of, of something bigger, of something bigger than their local community. And in this regard, I uh, I uh, don't really understand his question, <laughs> or I, I can only answer: they are connected. They are connected, and. Uh, yeah, and I was now that you said that I was thinking that the more globally connected we are, the more niche connected we are. It, yeah, it's yeah. it's almost contradictory because mm. I will find the the persons in all the world that think like me. Mm. I will not find them maybe in my neighborhood, or maybe I will find, but I will not find the difference. I will find mm. the same exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's very interesting what you're saying because it is a double challenge. In a way, I understand his question from the practice point of view, that it's hard to motivate young people for the activities that are very territorial connected, that are happening uh, in a certain neighborhood, in a museum, mm. in a youth center, for example, mm. um, because they're connected to their screens and they yeah. have their own habits and their own lifestyle ah, going okay. on there. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I understand totally what you're saying, which is the struggle that us who work at international level, we have to we have a big struggle to explain what European dimension is, to explain what the European values are. Why is it important that we are aware at least of what's happening at European level, and to be critical thinking about everything that is happening at European mm. level? So it is a double challenge, you know. <laughs> yeah, but but also comes to my mind if I hear this question is. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this because I, I want to promote uh, the work we are doing, but we have strong evidence that's, that uh, if young people uh, have taken part in an international activity, they are coming back with a lot of competences they mm -hmm. gained, and they are much more engaging in their local uh, communities than before. And that is a brilliant argument to have more international youth work, have more international activities, because it links young people even more to their local uh, reality. I think uh, you just gave the best answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, but also, I know a project, I, I don't think it was in Europe, but uh, where they uh, entered, uh, it was uh, in Palace, Palestine mm -hmm. and Israel, mm -hmm. where they promoted meetings between Palestinian young people and Israeli uh, people, uh, young people. And they, they said one thing that came out is, when, I'm, when I see your face, I cannot hate you because you. I know you. And usually yeah. it's easy to hate and to 
don't care about the people you don't know. If you promote meetings, people start to engage with each other. It's easier to think mm. possible ways that they can work mm. together. Yeah. Mm. Very interesting. Well, I'll give you the chance to revenge now and to yeah. leave chan, chan, a question chan. for the next guests. Uh, should I just say the question or can I introduce it a bit? You can introduce <laughs> yes. it, of course, go ahead. <laughs> Maybe just to a little bit better understand it. Um, um, we are facing uh, within the national agency a little bit the situation that uh, there are quite a lot of relatively similar projects. Okay. Um, and the question would be how to uh, create more synergies, how to make sure that uh, we don't have four innovative approaches in parallel. <laughs> that are the same. <laughs> that are the same or relatively the same, but rather at the end one uh, really collaborative, uh, perfect um, innovative approach. So how to create synergies between all these projects or more synergies, let's yeah. say. What, what do we need you know, in order to do this? Okay, okay. This is a great question. I wrote it down. Yes. And uh, it's a big challenge for our next guest. Yeah, yeah. and it, it made, made me start mm. thinking about something. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I want to hear a, a certain answer. Yeah. <laughs> you already have and some let's, ideas. Yeah, but I'm yeah, of course, open and let's see what... Off what the mic, out. I will give you an explanation. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So I think we have to go back to our conference. Uh, there's yeah. a plenary session starting in a few minutes. Yeah. Thank and you so much for taking this time with us. It was a, it it was was a pleasure. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're sorry we told you 20 minutes. It yeah. wasn't 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, because it was so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very Thanks. much. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. And that's the end of our 13th episode, a very enjoyable conversation with Claudio Siebel during the Key Action to Now conference in Berlin. See you next time. This podcast is funded by the Erasmus Plus Youth Watch program powered by Tim Meisch and the editorial board of UMAC University of Applied Sciences, Kari Kero, Jarmo Roxa and Christiana Vesama, with the support of all the Future Labs partners.